On today's episode, we are going to talk everything Las Vegas. I recently moved to Las Vegas, so I'm going to dish on what it's like living here, give you a little update about that, and we're going to talk about what it's like teaching in Las Vegas. There are always so many teaching jobs open in Las Vegas, so we're going to chat about that a little bit. I always find it interesting to hear about what it's like teaching in other places. So let's begin. Are you feeling a little burnt out and exhausted this school year? Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher podcast is here to get you through the hard weeks. We will be tackling tough topics while addressing self-care tips and tricks to help you live your best life. I'm your host, Jessica Martin, a coffee-drinking teacher and tech coach working on my own health journey as I pursue happiness in my teacher life. I am so happy you're here with me today, and I can't wait to share all the things with you. Let's get on with the show. Hello, Frenzies, and welcome to episode 61 of Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher. Such a funny name nowadays, isn't it? (laughs) I didn't really, you know, when I thought about this three years ago, I was like, yeah, I want to be a healthy teacher and a happy teacher. I never really thought about things like pandemic or distance learning or hybrid teaching. You know, none of those things came into my mind when I named the show, but it's too late to change. We're going to stick with it, even though I know none of us are healthy and none of us are happy. (laughs) When I say healthy, I mean, I'm just assuming mentally and emotionally, but you know, I don't want to make any assumptions about your life. I'm just saying, if you're a teacher listening to this, you're probably like, (laughs) this is a horrible name for a show. Anywho, frenzies, it is episode 61. I'm excited to have you here today. I thought today I would dish all about my move to Las Vegas and what it's been like teaching in Las Vegas. I think Las Vegas is a very interesting place (laughs) to be. I don't know. I know it's interesting to visit, that's for sure. Um, First of all, I'm born and raised in Nevada, but I was born and raised in northern Nevada. I grew up in a in the capital, Carson City, Nevada. Uh, Like I said, I was I was I lived in the, the same house my whole life, and I went to a total of three schools. And that, you know, I was raised by this town, right? Uh, so in, in Northern Nevada, there's a great amount of kind of Nevada pride, right? Northern Nevada sees themselves differently than Southern Nevada. It's this really weird <laughs> dynamic. And Southern Nevada is clueless about how Northern Nevada feels about them, <laughs> right? Like, so people here in Las Vegas, they have no idea about the rest of Nevada because it's it's so geographically far away. The nearest, you know, the nearest big city in Nevada to Las Vegas is Reno. And that's like a seven and a half hour drive. And I, I've been in some, some different meetings for school and people will mention Reno. They're like, yeah, Reno, that's, um, Reno. Yeah. You know, you know, it's like, a it's a, it's somewhere North. <laughs> they really like people in Las Vegas don't really know a lot about the rest of Nevada. That's what I've noticed. And, but the rest of Nevada, all they like to do is complain about Las Vegas. <laughs> so if you live in a, if you live in a state, you know, with a, there's a really big city and then the rest of the state kind of gets ignored because of that big city and all the resources go to that big city, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, oh yeah, it's like blah, 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 blah. So anyway, it's been kind of interesting. I, 
most of my life, I promised myself that I would never move to Las Vegas. You will never live there because it was sort of like the opposite of what I grew up with, what I was used to. It's it's sort of that evil city down south, like taking away all our resources. It's a very different perspective on Las Vegas when you don't live in Las Vegas, at least in the rest of Nevada. But honestly, you know, I, I really needed a change and I was living in northern Nevada and I lived in pretty much every town in northern Nevada. Uh, Carson City, Reno, Dayton. My dad lives in a town called Silver Springs. I've spent a lot of time in a little town called Virginia City. It's like a ghost town. Uh, I lived in Reno, Winnemucca, Battle Mountain, Elko. I pretty much along uh, Interstate 80, I've lived in all of these small towns I've explored all of Northern Nevada. And so when I was thinking about leaving the town that I was living in, because I didn't want to lose what I've built up for my Nevada teaching retirement, and I really didn't want to start over somewhere and learn a whole new state system, right? So I was looking at, well, I could move back home to the Carson City or Reno area, or I could, you know, try something new and go down to Las Vegas. And so, and I actually, I, I checked out a few more towns in Nevada. Um, and we went and looked at houses in a town called Fallon, in, which is about an hour and a half away from Reno. And we looked at houses in Reno and Carson City. It would have been a lot more convenient for my family <laughs> if I moved back to Reno and Carson. But I didn't. Because the teacher salary is much lower. So I would have taken a huge hit on my teacher salary. Whereas in Las Vegas, they're so desperate for teachers down here. They will match your salary up to like, I don't know, it's like 80 or 90,000, I think. <laughs> I wasn't making that much, but it was better than taking a 20 or 30,000 a year cut. I mean, that's just, that's just, it's almost embarrassing, right? So, and then, and I was looking at real estate and the, the houses in Las Vegas are less expensive. You just get a nicer house for the money than you do in Reno. Reno and Carson City have just exploded. So many people from the Bay Area relocate there and they've just driven up the housing market. Um, just an example, when my parents bought their house, uh, in, in like 1975 or something, 76, the, the house is now worth 10 times what it was when they bought it. 10 times. I'm, I mean, and that's not really that long, right? Like, I mean, I know we're going probably almost 50 years, but like 10 times what they paid for it, it's insanity. It's insanity. So anyways, I uh, chose to go, come down to Las Vegas mainly because they'd match my teaching salary. And I knew that uh, I could find a job really easy and the houses are really nice. And I knew that Whimsical Hubby, my husband, you know, he has to kind of start over on his career because they don't have gold mines down here. Uh, he was a gold miner. And I knew there was a lot of schools, a lot of places he could get an education. And if he hated that, which he kind of does... <laughs> There's a million different career opportunities down here. So anyways, now I've been in Las Vegas. I'm coming up upon the one year anniversary of buying my house. And uh, we bought the house in, I think we closed in April and we moved into it at the end of June. And yeah, it's been really interesting. So the school district, let me talk about that first. I did all of my applying online 
And once I got my application up on the Clark County School District website, I immediately started having headhunters. I started getting headhunters calling me from the HR department. And I don't know what it was about my application. Maybe the fact that I had, you know, some experience already and already had a Nevada teacher license. I don't know why, but I started getting people calling me and maybe certain things were popping out on my resume. I don't really know. But I had a headhunter, different headhunters call me for like three different positions. And then I was just applying for positions on my own. I was sort of interested in maybe trying out middle school again, but I wanted to do sixth grade. And I I wrote a bunch of middle school principals and applied for middle school jobs. And it was just a no-go. Like I never got a single middle school interview, but it was okay because I'm happy teaching upper elementary too. I started getting so many callbacks for like upper elementary jobs. I was mainly applying for like third, fourth, fifth grade in that area. And so I remember my first interview, the uh, person interviewing me, I assume it was like a vice principal or a principal. She was very distracted, uh, multitasking, answering phone calls, like typing on a computer, looking completely away from the camera. It was really awkward. And the more that she was ignoring me, uh, the, the, the less confidence I had and I think she just, I don't know, I, I, I did not, I did not get that job, but I did write them a very, um, a very nice thank you note. And she actually called me a few weeks after she got the thank you note and offered me a job, but I had already taken a different one. So anyway, even if you get rejected for a job, I like to remind people that you can still write a thank you note. And if it's really good, and really lets your personality shine through. A lot of times you will get a second chance. I've gotten a couple jobs that way from my thank you notes. So just an idea. I never send an email out. I always send a handwritten letter or card. Really depends on the interview. And this person, I, um, I, I got a card with a picture of the school mascot. It was some sort of dog. I don't remember what kind, um, but I found a picture of the school mascot. Um, and, th- and then I found a dog that kind of looked like the school mascot, right? Like a, some sort of bulldog. And I sent this kind of funny, whimsical-ish card. And yeah, sure enough, they called me and offered me the job. But I was like, sorry, I already got one. <laughs> it felt really good, though. It feels good being rejected and then having someone come back to you. It feels so amazing. But anyway, I started getting set up on all these interviews. And I remember one day, I got like five interviews in one day. I had them back to back. So I was like, all right, this is the day. This is the day. And I built a little Google site as my resume because I figured we're going to be on a Zoom call or a Google Meet and I could just share my website with them. I could do a screen share and then show them like when they ask me a question about something, I could show them proof of that on my website right? And I did. And the very first interview offered me a job on the spot. And it happened to be a a school that I, that if I were to rank all the schools I had interviews at, this was my top choice, right? Just based on their website, research, reviews on Google, uh, their Facebook. I mean, just like I went and stalked all the schools and wrote extensive notes about each school. So I really wanted to know what I would be getting into. And this school it shone above the other schools. There were some elements of, you know, their philosophies 
that matched my philosophies on everything. Uh, they kind of have like, um, not only are they really into STEM and technology and stuff, but they're definitely into international collaborations. And I go on these international trips. So I was like, oh my gosh, they're also, they like like the seven habits and leadership skills. And I just came from a school where I've been doing those for the last four years. So I was like, okay, that's a good match. They're really into project-based learning. So I was like, okay, ding, ding, ding. I love project-based learning. And they seem to be very progressive and proactive compared to the other schools I was researching. So they were definitely on the top of my list. Uh, And so when they offered me the job right away, I just blindly kind of took it. I mean, there were some other really cool opportunities. I had had an interview right after that job for just teaching like fifth grade math. And that school really sparked my interest too. But it didn't, it wasn't as high up as the other school. Like I just had a feeling like, oh, this is a really good school. And I was right. It's turned out to be an amazing school. It's just with the circumstances of this year, uh, things are just really wonky, you know, and just getting used to the demands of a big, giant school district with like a lot of bureaucracy and red tape and rules and canned curriculum like that part has been pretty hard for me to deal with because I'm just used to a little bit cozier environment and not as many rules, you know, and the bigger the school district you work at, the more rules you have to deal with. And I kind of knew that going in, but I figured it would be worth having a better quality of life in Las Vegas, you know, a house I like living in more, things to do, (laughs) people to see, places to go, you know, after the whole pandemic thing. Um, So anyway, it's been, it's been a really good experience, but I have been a little bit shocked by the rules, the paperwork, the extra kind of admin type duties. Um, it's just, and I guess, you know, to run really big schools in a really big district, there has to be a lot of rules to make sure everyone's on the same page. And I'm, I'm just not really used to that. So like one example is just being told what to teach. Like we have a curriculum And I'm just not used to that. I've never been told what to teach or how to teach it. I did Eureka Math a couple years, and that was it. Um, And one year I had to do Lucy Calkins writing workshop, and I hated it. And I actually quit at the end of the year because it was just, I just didn't like it at all. So now I'm kind of in the same situation where I'm being forced to teach different canned curriculums, and they're not really my style. But I just, I kind of do the best job I can. I cannot follow a script. I I'm just not that kind of teacher. So I got a lot of slideshows on like Teachers Pay Teachers that, you know, they, um, they perfectly mirror the curriculum, right? Like every, like you can go to a page in the book and there's a slide that matches that page, you know? So I've been teaching a lot on slideshows. And, um, and then of course we do Eureka math. So we do wit and wisdom for ELA and then Eureka math for math time. And obviously, (laughs) um, Eureka math is actually putting out some really great videos for distance learning. So we actually do these videos along with the teacher every day and I pause and I talk and the kids show me their whiteboards. And so it's actually been working out and I don't hate Eureka math anymore. Um, I don't know. If I mean, I feel like project-based learning is always the better option, right? I feel like real-world word, word problems are always better than like abstract stuff that is never going to be used again. <laughs> but I understand that Eureka Math is based in 
a lot of number sense. And a lot of the things they do is kind of building number sense into every lesson. So I don't know. I mean, it hasn't been horrible. I definitely am not like a big fan of the wit and wisdom. But again, I mean, in a way, having the canned curriculums makes my life a little easier as a teacher, because it's so structured that I just go through the book, right? Like every single day, like going through the book. And in a way, it does make your life easier, but it does take a lot of the joy out of my teaching. And that's just something I'm going to have to decide, like, how many years am I willing to put up with that, right? Like, how many years am I willing to put my authentic self, my creativity on the back burner for something that's a little more easy? I don't know what the answer is. I did sign up to stay at this school for next year. Um, And so I guess I'll just see where it goes. Another reason I wanted to move to Las Vegas is because I knew there were going to be a lot of opportunities for me to move around if I was ever unhappy. Uh, Not only like move around to schools, because there's something like 600 schools here and uh, just a plethora of positions, but if I wanted to kind of move a little bit in education. Uh, And so randomly I saw this ad to, you know, hey, become a school librarian it's a great job. There's a new law out there that, you know, every single school needs a librarian. So there's going to be a lot more librarian jobs. Join this program, get your librarian librarian license in a year. And so that's what I'm doing right now is just kind of having it on the backup. And I never had those opportunities living in the small town I was in. So kind of one plus to being in Las Vegas is there's just a lot more opportunities for learning and growth. So anywho, I I didn't foresee this last year. I certainly didn't think, oh, I'm going to move to Las Vegas and join a library program and maybe become a librarian someday. But that's the, those are the kind of random, weird opportunities I was looking for, right? Like, And those are the kind of opportunities you just don't get when you live in a small town. Uh, very rarely were we offered PD. I didn't really like, there's like one company that offered it. I didn't really like them. I had had some really bad experiences with people at those companies. And so anyway, it's just been kind of cool. Like the opportunities are limitless. Like there are so many things to get involved with or do or learn about. And that's, that's one, that's one positive. And, you know, moving to Las Vegas, somewhat affordable housing, They'll match your teacher salary. I don't know why people would live in like any part of California and not just come on over to Las Vegas, except, you know, some parts of California are really, really beautiful, right? Um, the, the biggest fear I had moving to Las Vegas, honestly, was the weather. I was so scared that it was just going to be unbearable weather because you always hear about how hot it is in Las Vegas. And I've been so surprised by the weather. Like I thought it would just be really hard for me to get used to and really awful. But honestly, the summer is is pretty rough. There were some days that my body just was not used to it being hot. Um, In August and July, there were quite a few days over 110 degrees where even with the air conditioning in the house, it felt kind of hot. Just everywhere you went just felt hot, you know? And the water coming out of the shower, like you couldn't get cold water out of the shower, right? So like there were some really annoying days where it's just like, whoo, you know? But, you know, you buy enough fans and stuff. It's bearable. It's you can You can live through it. It's not like, I thought it would kind of be like that all year round, where I would just be constantly hot. But... 
by the end of October, it started getting really cold. <laughs> so like almost all of October, it was in the upper 90s, right? And then all of a sudden, it made a switch um, to winter. <laughs> and I wasn't expecting that in Las Vegas. I honestly, like I had visited a few times in December, and I noticed it was like 55 or 60. But it really gets cold. We had quite a few days in the 30s. So really from October to even right now, like I'm sitting here in the middle of March and I'm still wearing pants and hoodies. So I really thought it was just going to be like this Florida, this deep heat weather all the time, kind of like the swampy, the swampy weather. I thought it would be like visiting Florida, but I'd be there every day. I was very worried about it. Um, and now I feel kind of dumb. Uh, we passed on this, this house and almost everything about the house was perfect, but we didn't really like the backyard and they had a hot tub and we're just like, why would you have a hot tub in Las Vegas? And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I should have got the house with the hot tub. It is so cold here. <laughs> it's been, that's been my biggest surprise is seriously, I would say from the end of October up until like right now, um, you know, we've had, it's just, it's been so pleasant. I mean, it's, it's not been the kind of cold that I'm used to, no snow or snow boots or having to scrape my windows, but definitely like I'm still wearing pants and, a ho and hoodies throughout, you know, November, December, January, February, and March. Like here's the fifth month now I've been wearing my jeans and hoodies. So I'm really surprised that over half the year is actually pretty cold. Uh, and we, we've had quite a few windstorms and rainstorms. And like, so the weather has shocked me. I was really expecting, I was going to move to like this tropical paradise that I actually wasn't going to like very much because it was going to be so hot all the time, but it hasn't been that bad. And now I think my body acclimated to the heat a little bit. And now like the nineties, they just feel like totally normal days when it is in the nineties, if it ever heats up that much. Like I remember last, last um, October when it was like 90 almost every day, it, it kind of felt like 75, <laughs> like 75 used to up in Reno. Right. I would just, you just get used to it really, really quick. So anyway, and I was a little bit worried about some other things. You know, people had warned me in the small town that I had been living in. They warned me about the crime. They warned me about living in North Las Vegas, which is where I live. Uh, and really I have, I have witnessed no crime nothing weird. The worst thing that's happened since I've moved into my house, besides a lot of um, solicitors for uh, solar panels, that's probably the most annoying thing about living here is people come every day trying to sell you solar panels. And we actually bought them like our first week. <laughs> so I knew I wanted solar panels. And they're on the back of our house. So people walking around the neighborhood can't see our solar panels. They can't see them. So we still get these solar pa panel solicitors. So that's kind of annoying. And then one day I woke up and there was like this 60 inch television box in my backyard. Like someone threw it over our fence. Um, I don't know why they would do that. <laughs> Why would why would someone do that? So that's kind of been like the worst thing is like this giant piece of trash showed up. And then um, and then these solicitors, we did put up a no solicitation sign, but the solar panel people, they are tricky. It is a hot business here, literally.
So anyway, those are really the only bad things. I mean, I'm happy with my neighborhood. I've never felt any sort of fear of crime. I haven't witnessed any crime. Like I've never, I don't even really hear sirens very often for living in Las Vegas. I just thought, oh, I'm going to hear sirens nonstop. Very, very rarely. I hear them about as often as I did living in a town of 2000. So it, that's also surprised me because everyone, they, they try to scare you about, oh, Las Vegas. It's practically like the Chicago of the West. And if you know a lot of like um, old, old, old conservative people, you mentioned Chicago to them. They're just like, oh, Chicago. It has this horrible reputation, right? But Las Vegas kind of does too. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you it's been great. Um, Whimsical Hubby has like a an HVAC van with like tons of equipment and stuff. And it's never been bothered or anything in the last few months. Like nothing has happened weird to it. Like just, I don't know. I was expecting property crime. Uh, I thought I'd catch some weird stuff on my ring cam, you know, nothing, nothing ever happens. So it's just goes to show you that, you know, people, people are going to, pe- you never know what somewhere is like until you actually move there. And and people told me, you know, oh, the class sizes are so big and it's true at some schools they are, but you know what? I did my research. I did my research. I went to a magnet school. It's still a public school still funded like a public school, but they got special programs running. The magnet school uh, class sizes are way smaller than everywhere else. And, you know, that people warn me about behavior problems. I've never had a nicer group of children in my life. (laughs) They're seriously, they are so sweet. Are they getting a little annoying now that it's almost the end of the year and we're getting towards spring break? Sure. Yeah, sometimes. But... (laughs) That's just being kids, right? Like, they are so sweet, though. Such a sweet bunch of kids. So, like, the kids have been wonderful. The school has been wonderful. My neighborhood is wonderful. Um, The weather I would consider wonderful, too. So everything that I was really scared about in leaving um, and and reasons that I always thought I wouldn't want to live in Las Vegas, I've debunked all of them. There is nothing that has been really annoying about the move. It's been great. And me and uh, old whimsical hubby, we just we just tell jokes all day long. Like, oh, you want to move back to so and so because or this place because this one little thing happened. You know, it'll be like a speed bump, right? Oh, we better move back. And we just sit and joke all the time about how great our life is. It's been really, really cool and awesome. So anyway, I wanted to give you that update uh, because you know Las Vegas is this bizarre, quirky place. Some people just burst out laughing when they hear about it. Some people want to visit it more often. It's nothing like what people tell you, really. You know, it's nothing like what you see on the Las Vegas Strip or anything you hear about Las Vegas. It's just a nice Western town, you know, no humidity, up in the mountains. It's beautiful. And I have no complaints. I'm happy to live here. And I hope my life just continues to get better and better and better from here on out. Anyway, frenzies, I'm going to wrap up the show. Thanks for listening to me ramble about my move to Las Vegas. I can't wait to see you again. And please, you know, find me on social media if you have any questions for me. Or you can always email me, thewhimsicalteacher at gmail.com. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. You've just finished listening to Healthy Teacher Happy Je- <laughs> Happy Jessica. What?
<laughs> oh no, I don't know how to stop. <laughs> 